Welcome to the Christian Media Marketing Podcast, where we talk all things social media marketing to help your Christian media, Christian missionary, or church outreach find the seekers in your context. We want to help you get the right message in front of the right person at the right time and even on the right device. Are you ready? Here's your host, John Rawls, owner of Kavanaugh Media. Hey there, welcome to the Christian Media Marketing Show. My name is John. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Whether I'm in your ears or you're watching me here on the YouTube channel, I'm thankful. Thanks for spending some time with me. As always, I do. I just feel this incredible sense of thankfulness for just you all, for what you're doing for the kingdom. And the fact that we get to play a part in that is just... It's just awesome, and it's just something that uh, we are very, very grateful. We don't have all the answers. We don't know everything. We're making mistakes, but I want to share with you whatever it is that we know, what we're thinking about, things we're trying, things we've tried that failed. You know, I was in a workshop this morning sharing where I was telling them it's kind of like eating fish. Sometimes you have to take the bone out to find the meat. Well, there may be some bones in what I share with you, but at the end of the day, I hope that you can find some meat, something that will nourish you, not just with your ministry, not just with the work that you're doing, but your soul for you as a worker. Because I've been there. I've been on the field. I know how it feels. I know how it feels at times to feel like you're halfway around the world, out of sight, and out of mind, to think that what you're doing doesn't matter, to think that people just don't really care what you're doing. And I want you to know that they do, and that I do. I was able to be at a conference this last week, I was able to part with a panel to share just about what the Lord is doing through this organization that invited me to come in and share with their donors and they've been so generous. They've been so kind. They are doing amazing jobs. So it's it was no challenge for me to be able to share about them because in some ways, Kavanaugh wouldn't exist without them. It's partnership, purely. The kind that I am wanting to share with you all. So we started this new series, started last week, just talking about the why of partnership. And, and ultimately, it comes down to that nobody can do it all. And that no one organization, not even one continent, can do the global work that is yet to be done. God needs all of us using whatever gifts and abilities that we have for his kingdom and for his glory. And we know that there's challenges. I'm going to talk about that next week, the challenges to biblical partnership. Because there are some, and there's some really big ones that are out there. And I'm just going to call it for what it is, and we're going to lay it out there. And, and you know, there's an idea in the military of forewarned is forearmed. Knowing that these are the challenges, then it's important for us to work through them and to find answers to them. But today, in this, this three-part series, I want to share with you just what is biblical partnership, what it looks like from, in what I believe, the Bible's perspective on it. And then the challenges will be, how do we see that playing out in the works that you and I get to be a part of? 
So when we come into this, just really trying to figure out what is biblical partnership, there is a goal that's there that I seem to see over and over and over in Scripture. There's a goal of unity, that's for sure. That's Jesus's prayer. That's what I shared with you last week in John 17. He wants his children to work and play together. He wants us to work through the challenges and the hard things to figure out how to work together. And I think it is one of the greatest tools of Satan is to divide us. He wants us to be fractured. He wants us all to go out there and start new things that somebody else is already doing so that we can justify or put our little stamp or do whatever else. I think Satan loves seeing us disjointed and not working in unity. But what Jesus wants is for us to be united, that we might be one. We see this in the New Testament itself, where in Ephesians, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. That idea of one is really, really important. So there's a goal of unity in biblical partnership. There's a goal of generosity, thinking about the other person. This is a key thing that I want to make sure that I stress with you all, that when we start talking partnership, it is not, hey, what can I get from this other group? But what can I give? Generosity, there is stewardship, being wise about the resources that the Lord gives to us for his kingdom, for his glory, and then just that impact itself for God's glory. That's what the goal is of biblical partnership. That's what we need to be working towards. So yes, there are some things, there's challenges that are out there, but when we start talking about biblical unity, then it's going to be important for us to be able to go, okay, this is it. This is what we want to see happen. So no matter what you and I do, are we working towards a goal of biblical unity? Is that what you and I are trying to do and what we're seeing take place in everything that we're getting to do? So in 1 Corinthians 12, it shows us how all are independent parts to a bigger thing together. That you have a part, we have a part, that that's the way God intended this to take place. So God wants all the parts to work together. I was in the military. I was in aviation. I've seen billion-dollar planes that have issues and can't work, or worst-case scenario, crash because some junior person didn't play their part. People make movies about Top Gun pilots and all of that, but it's that mechanic. It's that 18-year-old mechanic who's taking off the pitot cover or who's fixing a part. They are just as important to the overall mission. And so we share resources. We share our burdens. We share our prayer, our expertise, and more. Hear me out here. It's important for us, I believe in biblical partnership, to not just say, okay, you get this and I get this from you, but to share our burdens with each other. To me, is a biblical partnership principle. We pray for them. We ask God to bless them. We lift them up with the challenges that they are facing. I, I was so encouraged by the private messages and text messages that I got from people when my mom passed here about a week or so ago. That burden, that prayer, the private messages tells me a lot. 
It really spoke volumes to me of who it was that was really speaking out to me, sharing with me, and helping carry some of that. But we also need expertise. This is one of the challenges that I think in Christian nonprofit worlds that we work in is that we don't realize that we don't have to know everything, that we can work together and share the gifts and the talents that the Lord has given to us. There's also a relational aspect to biblical partnership. It's not a transactional thing. This is part of what I really kick back against, but a relational and a communal nature to biblical partnership. That when we partner with each other, it's not just a transactional, you get this, I get this. Let's write these little things out and follow these contracts and let's get all of our lawyers involved. And I don't know, it drives me crazy on that part. I think we're held to an even higher standard. But I realize we are in a world, and we'll talk about this next week in the, the challenges. We're in a world where people try to take advantage of each other, where people don't live up to expectations. But grace comes into this. And in biblical partnership, the relational part is what allows us to do far greater than just transactional could ever do. There's other words that might be used sometimes when we start talking about biblical partnership. You can hear words like koinonia or fellowship or sharing. And the Bible talks about different parts of this and how people share with each other. 2 Corinthians 9 being able to share there and, and to all of us have a part to play. Right? There's also just the Philippian church in Philippians 1, where Paul says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. Like he's praying. This is his partnership that he has. It's a biblical partnership with the churches there. And when it comes to missional work, whether that be digital engagement type or just traditional missions type of work, there's some different examples of missional partnership. All of them have strengths and weaknesses to them. Let me share some of these with you. So there's geographic partnership, those in the same country, those who are dividing the work up, and this helps stop competition. It helps stop a duplication of efforts, and I think it, it broadens the impact there. But a challenge of this is that it can often lead to sectarianism, or the thought that one organization or group owns a certain field. You'll hear this. You'll hear people say, well, my teams. So this is one of the things for us when we're doing these large Discover Jesus initiative projects where multiple organizations and teams are working together in one country, that it's really important that we watch what we say. Words matter. So no one owns a continent. No one owns a country. These are not for us at Kavanaugh, uh, the, the teams that we serve in over 100 countries now, a ton of teams all around the world, they are not our teams. We're not their bosses. We don't tell them what to do. They don't sign a pledge of allegiance to us. They are a part of God's kingdom, of kingdom teams that we are serving. And that's the, the internally, that's the focus we always want to say. And that's what we want to do externally as well. We want to serve outwardly to serve others. So I really like this geographic partnership. I think it's really very valuable. When it comes to digital engagement, I think it's really a great tool. 
because what it does is allows this expertise and resources and all that to be able to flow out to benefit everyone. And then everyone involved can play whatever part that they can, but not everybody has to do the same. So you just have to be careful when you're a part of any kind of geographic one where you will see whether it's for fundraising purposes or even just this idea of sectarianism or or ownership that comes into it, be careful. But a geographic partnership can be a tremendous type of missional partnership. There's also then this partnership that takes place amongst the expat, maybe the missionaries, and the locals and the local church. Once again, words matter. Being careful about how we communicate this. These mission teams and these local churches work together, but the challenge of this is one of paternalism, a creation of dependency, not making disciples, but making dependence, and of unequal partnership. We say people are partners, maybe the local church, but we're telling them what to do, or we're controlling who gets paid what, or we're doing this. So it's really important that we watch this area, that it's not uneven. I don't know about where you are, but for me, at least when I worked in Taiwan, it was important for me, even non-verbally, to be able to make sure that the Taiwanese knew that they were equal partners. And in fact, if anything, they were the dominant ones on this because this was their country. This was going to be their churches, their movement that we were trying to see. So when they would ask questions, Bible questions, I kept coming back to the Bible. That's the authority. I would even try to find a way to be sitting in a chair that was a lower chair in a room than my Taiwanese brothers and sisters. Whatever I could do, I would never say it, draw attention to it, but whatever I could do to let them know that I valued them. In our DJI work now, in one certain country especially, there's only one expat that's a part of it. Everybody else is local. They're local people. They love their country. They want to see it one to the Lord. And so even if they say, we think we should do this, unless it's just completely terrible and going to end everything we're doing, I just want to say yes to that. How can I help them? But we talk to each other. We get feedback to each other. It's good. It's valuable. But in the end, this is going to be their work and their field. And so we want to see that happen. So just be careful about the paternalism coming through. One final one is just this idea of a coalition. And this is a somewhat loosely structured group that is interdenominational. It is interconnected. The challenge of this can be that the leadership itself of the, and the vision can be a challenge. You can get different people that think that they need to be leading or that they have a, a vision and somebody else might have a different vision of it. In some ways, a coalition is more of a military kind of a concept where it's it's meant to be for a short period of time and then it may stop. And But during a while, we're going to figure it out and we're going to work together. And what I do love about these is the interdenominational aspect. To me, that's one of the biggest things that I want to be a part of is seeing that we can simply be Christians. Doesn't mean we have to all agree, but as I've said many, many times, and I took this from a man named Victor Knowles, is this the saying, you do not have to be my twin to be my brother. And so, yes, we're going to have differences. Yes, we're going to have different flavors in one sense, but the more that we are united together, the more the impact can be. So establishing the leadership and establishing the vision is really important. 
That's one of the reasons why we've changed even the Media to Movement Coalition name to the Digital Disciple Making Network. A network is something that's growing. Uh, a network has more uh, more of a structure to it. It has more of a permanence to it. It's going to be there for a while. And that's what we're hoping is that this growing network of people who are utilizing digital to reach the least and the last can work together. So this is just some of the things that we're seeing that are a part of all of this. And so we want to make sure that no matter what we do, that we are lifting up the name of Jesus together. I believe that that is biblical missional partnership. And I hope that it is something that you can be a part of and join others with. So Lord willing, next week, I'm going to be sharing with you about just the challenges of that and then some ways that we can work through them to find unity and to work together for God's glory and for his kingdom. So until next time, keep pressing forward, keep trying things, keep failing forward for Jesus. And if we can ever pray for you, if there's things that we can do, please let me know. Share this podcast, the YouTube show with others, if you would. Subscribe. We'd love that. But no matter what, do you just keep doing what God has called you to do? And we pray that he, at the end, will get all of the glory, that he will be the one who receives all of the praise, and that we can work together to expedite the Lord's return. Take care, and God bless. Thank you for listening to the Christian Media Marketing Podcast. We hope you subscribe to it and that you'll share it with those who are also laboring for the Lord to find seekers in their contacts. May God bless you in all you do for Him and for His kingdom.